it's something that a lot of male runners may not have to deal with. And that's wonderful. But women do have to deal with this. Every time I go out on a run, I am aware and I run through scenarios day in and day out. If someone comes left, someone comes right, you know, (laughs) hook off the jab. That's my name on Instagram for a reason. So I'm always running through these scenarios, but most women don't think like this until A, it's too late, or B, they hear something on the news and then they get all nervous and they don't know what to do. If you are constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week, we help a runner just like you learn how to consistently get in your mental clearing miles and even hit PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. How can females be safe while running? You may have worried about this yourself, or you may have worried about this as a male runner like myself, who has a wife and a daughter who enjoys running outside. Or you may be wondering, when is the safest to run in certain weather, terrain, or darkness conditions? I have the perfect person to educate us on this topic today. Coach Kat from our Healthy Runner Coaching Team is back on the show to share some very important safety information for runners who either may be fearful of some of these conditions or who may need to be educated on some of the safety considerations we need to consider as runners so we can stay safe while getting in those mental clearing miles. Uh, this will be the official Running Safety 101 episode, so you can feel more confident and comfortable going out for your next run. Coach Cat, what's going on? Thanks for coming back on the show to share all your knowledge, experience, and wisdom on this topic that I know you are very passionate about. Well, it's great to be back. As everyone knows, When I find a topic I like, I can talk forever. And if you don't know that, you're about to find out. (laughs) And this this is a topic that you had an idea on for a while now. So this has been in the hopper. Um, We've had this plan for quite some time, and I'm really excited to finally be able to share a lot of the ideas and the tips that you have that you want to share with our running community. Um, so for those uh, you know tuning in during your run, hopefully your run is going great. And really what Coach Cat is going to do is really educate us all on kind of safe running tips for beginners, weather safety running tips, what ter- 
types of terrain and conditions are safest to run in with regard to trail running, um, what we should carry with us during our runs for safety, and how women runners can feel safest um, when going out for a run. So, Coach Cat, you know how we do this. Uh, this ain't your first rodeo. Give all the uh, new listeners in our community a little bit about yourself and let them know why this topic is so important uh, to you. Well, I am a healthy runner coach. I'm also a fitness instructor and specializing in my own personal opinion of treadmill running. That is one of my specialties, but I am a group fitness instructor. So I work with a lot of individuals from beginners who are looking to run to more advanced people. And it gives me a unique perspective on runners or athletes in general, their mind. But one thing that has always nagged me is I see runners who are taking not the proper precautions. And then, you know, I'm like, good, nothing happened to you. But they make not so smart decisions based on the thought it's not going to happen to me. And I'm not talking necessarily just about women feeling it. I'm talking about runners who are type A personalities who time and time again will do something that they probably shouldn't do, but they're going to gamble it. And I want to show ways that you can maybe mitigate some of those dangers. And I see it time and time again. And I've had some of my athletes get hurt because they didn't take the proper precautions. And I really feel passionate about, you know, being safe. I work actually in a construction industry as another full-time job. So in case you didn't know, I have a lot of full-time jobs, but I'm really involved in OSHA and the safety of workplace practices. And one thing I have found is that most accidents are preventable but people don't take the time to learn what they can prevent. And I want to apply that to my runners. Wow. Such an important topic. And thanks for giving that context. And yeah, just like I'm passionate about like all running injuries, honestly are preventable <laughs> because they're usually due to runner error. That is an interesting perspective that you have. And boy, like you are seriously a jack of all trades. It's just a, like amazing the the depth and breadth of your knowledge is just like incredible. But I love how you really kind of integrate the safety stuff that you do from like an engineer standpoint to like running. And that's why this is going to be so valuable for a running community because you've thought about this a lot. And you know, you you've seen <laughs> you've run. seen you've seen people in these types of scenarios and yep. situations and Hopefully those that are listening are going to learn and maybe we just haven't been aware of, you know, we've been putting ourselves in those types of situations or, you know, some of us that just have been winging it, maybe we can uh, give them a little bit more kind of insight and maybe second guess, you know, whether or not they should be running in those conditions. But before we get into this topic, I do need to um, say, so for many of you listening on the podcast, you know that I am definitely, I would say, not your quote unquote treadmill runner. 
I haven't since I started my healthy running uh, journey, which is coming up on my 12-year run anniversary when I went for my first run outside after my hip surgery. And my surgeon initially told me, like, don't run on the treadmill. So I was always like fearful that if I ran on the treadmill, it would hurt my hip. I, I come to find out that that doesn't happen. But in, in any case, I really avoided the treadmill for literally 11 years. Maybe I went on like once or twice during a run. <laughs> I remember last year after your treadmill episode um, that you did on the podcast, you know, I, I, I did give it a try. And this year I've been in a situation where I've been on a lot of travel volleyball tournaments for both of my girls. They've been like three day tournaments on the weekends and we had three weekends in a row, DC, then Boston, the Boston again. And it was really, they start really early. So if I am going to get my miles in, like I've been adjusting my plan, doing my long runs before the weekend, but even to get in like three miles or a four miler, I really didn't have time to like bundle up, go explore a new area that I wasn't familiar with. And that will probably go into some of what we're going to talk uh, about today. Um, I'm running in the dark in like a city and you know, so I did run on a treadmill and coach cat has done like such a wonderful thing within our healthy runner coaching program right now. She's created some videos. One is like a treadmill basics video, kind of letting you know what are the things you need to consider when running on a treadmill. And then she actually recorded, which is like very talented, by the way, a video of her literally talking us through a treadmill workout. So it's a run on a treadmill but it's not boring. And like I did the workout and I was just amazed. Like I, I, I sent Kat a text like right after I finished it. And I was like so impressed because even honestly, I was, I was definitely like second guessing this whole like treadmill workout and like treadmill class like that you teach, you know, on a weekly basis for, you know, the YMCA nationally. And, you know, I really didn't think it would feel like a running workout. Like I would be like, oh, it's kind of like, okay, that sounds good. But hey, I did the workout. I did the run. And I can't tell you like how amazing it was. Number one, like how quickly time passed. Because usually if I just hit like, oh, I'm going to do three miles on the treadmill, it feels like I'm doing 10 miles, right? It's just like amazing how when you're not seeing different scenery around you when you're on a treadmill and you're just running at the same pace the whole time. Um, it just feels like forever for me. So this workout that you created, which is like great because time flew for me. But the other thing I really loved about a cat is that it's totally scalable because it's not dependent upon like, Hey, put the treadmill at 6.0 speed. Now put the treadmill at 7.0 speed, right? Like the way that you framed it, it's all scalable depending upon like your level of running. So no matter how fast or how slow you run, like you can get a good workout and actually feel like, wow, like I accomplished something and, and it was fun. So thank you so much for creating this, this video. And I have a newfound respect for all of the uh, treadmill classes that you do, which I should have respected by the way, because I know coach Lou has done them many times before in the past. So but now having done it personally, I know this is going to be super helpful for those in our uh, coaching community. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I can see why you do. Honestly, 
I can see why you do. And for those who have been maybe even on the fence about like taking action in, you know, considering our healthy runner coaching program. And if you're are a treadmill runner. Um, number one, we usually have those that are primarily treadmill runners work with Coach Cat because she's our treadmill expert as your one-on-one coach. But for everyone in our community now to be able to have this resource for either those that you know are forced to kind of run on the treadmill one to two times per week, if you have to get in an early you know morning run and you don't feel safe going outside, or it is too cold, or the weather is not good. So the things we're going to talk about today, I'm sure then having this resource available is amazing. And if you want to learn more about our coaching program, then you can click the link in the show notes uh, to this training or schedule a call with me today. Um, If you go to sparkhealthyrunner.com, you can get all the info. So really, as we get into today's topic, Coach Cat has really bucketed these uh, running safety tips into like five main categories. So the first category is going to be like general runner safety. And then we're going to get into weather safety. We're going to get into terrain safety, daytime, nighttime safety, and then more like female mother runner, you know, specific safety. So I'm excited to learn about this and to hear what you have to share. So what are some safe running tips for beginners. And I guess this will go into that kind of general runner safety category or bucket. The first thing I always recommend is you carry some sort of ID on you. And the reason why is if, God forbid, something does happen where you are not able to express who you are or what, if you have some kind of ID, they can usually then get somebody in your immediate family who can help you. You know, you go out, you don't want to be that Jane Doe. And you you want to have some ID if you need to. You also want to carry, and I know that people on the podcast can't see this, but on my phone, I have a little pocket in the back of my phone. And other than a Dunkin' Donuts gift card in there, I have a little bit of cash. Because what if you get stuck out there and all of a sudden you do need water? Like literally you are, you need water. You can run, if there's a store nearby, I carry maybe $5 with me. Always good to have a little bit of cash on you. And it doesn't have to be physically in your pockets. I also suggest you tell somebody where you're going. When you go out for a run, approximate time and location you don't have to be so specific, but in our phones, I have ice, an emergency contact where if somebody grabs it, they can figure out ice. It's who is an emergency contact. But if you get stuck somewhere and you have only one emergency contact and they're sleeping or they don't answer the phone, what are you going to do? Make sure you have another person that you can contact. You know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And I'll talk more about that as we get on. But just general safety rules, carry an ID, carry some cash, be smart, let somebody know where you're going approximately. And if you are allergic, I'm allergic to bees, I carry an EpiPen. If you do have an EpiPen, I know they are uncomfortable to carry, carry it. You know, don't don't mess around if you have an allergy. And if you do have an allergy, 
you might, a severe allergy, they do have those ID bracelets that you could put on your sneakers. You could put it in the back of your phone. You know, with any kind of allergy or medical situation that if something happens, the EMT or somebody needs to respond quickly, they will know this is the situation. Yeah, that makes sense. And I used to actually have one of those run ID things. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're a lot less popular. I don't know why nowadays, but maybe, I don't know, it's because most people do run with their phone and now our Mm -hmm. phones do carry so much information in them in like the wallet of a phone, like the digital wallet of a phone. But yeah, that that could be something helpful, right? Those run IDs or bracelets. I suggest if you have a medical situation where if something happens and you can't communicate, if an EMT needs to work on you, they will know what, if you have an allergy to something, an allergy to penicillin, Right. You know, an allergy, any medical allergies or any bee sting, anything that an EMT might need to know if something happens to you, I suggest you put it on an ID bracelet. You know, just you, you don't have to if you're if you're a regular runner and you have no issues, you might not need it. But if you do have a severe situation, I suggest you carry some way of letting an EMT know what you need. Right, right. Yeah. And I guess, you know, generally speaking, it's probably helpful for all of us runners, right? So like someone could identify your name. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if if you didn't have your license on you. But yeah, I'm thinking of definitely like diabetics, like that'd be mm-hmm. super important, yes. you know, because if you were out somewhere and you would want yes. EMT to know like, hey, this is a diabetic, maybe, you know, their levels are really low or high, right? So yeah, really good general safety tips make sense. And I've definitely been in that situation where I've needed to buy water and I didn't have money on me. So that's a really good tip. And now I do keep a little emergency cash. I I do have in the back of my phone because now most of the phones too are like magnetic in the back, which is nice. And I have a little wallet that like just sticks to it. So if I'm carrying my phone on my person, um, I could just take the wallet off easily, like with the magnet. So that works out pretty well where I keep a couple of cards in there and some like cash, like you mentioned, some emergency cash. So it's always kind of on me, but yeah, excellent tips. So what do we have, you know, with regard to weather safety running tips? Okay. This one is my pet peeve. Because runners do not listen to the weather. They just run. They don't, they don't want to know half of the time if it's going to be inclement weather. Because, God, we have to get our run in. And I hear you. But I'm going to suggest a couple of things. Thunderstorms. On your phone, you can download a lightning strike tracker. It's on any weather it's on, I, I know we don't represent weather bug. It's on any one of those. If there is a thunderstorm alert or warning, and please be aware if there is, look on your phone and see where the closest lightning strike is. You would be amazed at how if the lightning strike is 50 miles away, you're okay for a bit. But if that lightning strike is five miles away, no. And I know people say, well, lightning is probably not going to hit me. That may be true, 
but thunder and lightning storms also have high winds. And if you are out on a road or like in Connecticut, the Farmington Canal Trail, there are trees that have gone over and you can get hurt by debris. People don't always think. They think thunder and lightning, oh, I'm not going to get hit by lightning. You probably won't. But what about the winds that accompany these brief storms and the debris and the trees that could possibly hit you? So if you can't wait for the storm to be over, my suggestion is do your run on a track. And the reason why is because your car is a very close distance to you if you need to get to it. And generally, there's no trees. There's a lot less debris at a track. And you can still get your run in. But you can get to your car if that thunder, you know, starts to get close. And I've done that. I've gone to the track because there's a chance of thunderstorms. I see that storm coming in. It makes me run faster. I get the run done and I go to the car. So that is one way to get around running in a thunderstorm. You know, if you can't wait, and some runners can't, but if you can't wait, go to a track where you at least have some protection. Another thing, I will not run in ice storms. That is probably the one place I won't. If you live in an area like Alaska or someplace where there is a lot of ice, you probably have shoes or sneakers. I know a lot of people run in them on a regular basis. But if you don't and you're, we get an ice storm here or there, don't try it. Because if you even yak tracks, any of those things, your gate is going to be off it may not be worth falling. That might be worth when you, you know, want to consider a treadmill. The other weather is snow, which luckily in Connecticut for some people, we have not had a lot of. And I know runners love to run in the snow. That's all well and good, but snowplows can't see you. They do not see you. Their line of sight is not there. So if you're running in the road, you know, even... If you've ever seen a snowplow come at you in a car, imagine what it's like while you're running. They're not seeing you. So wait until the storm is over and the snowplows are gone. I know that a lot of people are freaking out because they're like, I have to get my run in. And, and I, I say this in, in, I say this, a run is not worth your life or getting injured. It really, really isn't. And it may happen no matter what precautions you take, but try to eliminate some of the, the more obvious dangers. And a snowplow or cars even coming around a snowbank can't see you. They don't see you in a normal day. So imagine how it is with a little bit of snow. Middle of, this, middle of the day, the sun blinds you on the snow. So it might be the middle of the day and they're still not going to see you because the sun reflecting off the snow. And th these are things I think of all the time. And the last one, weather is extreme hot and cold, which is I've done an entire podcast on cold weather running. And I've probably done a podcast on hot weather running. They're very different, but be aware of the conditions before you go out and take the precautions for either or. Yeah. And just making sure you're prepared, right. In yes. terms of dress, hydration, electrolytes, yep. obviously for the heat stuff, but for the cold stuff, layers, 
make face sure. covered. Yep. Absolutely. So those, those are the basic weather. There might be other weather events. I don't live in the Midwest, so tornadoes are not an issue. And I don't say that lightly because, I, you know, that could be an issue. But generally, the thunderstorms around here is my biggest pet peeve with people who run in them because they're like, oh, I didn't get hit. No, you're not going to get hit by lightning. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. My father did, but let's, that's another story. Are you serious? Yeah, he's he was fine. What? We were camping. It's another whole story. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, but it's why I don't like thunderstorms. But the biggest thing for me is that debris from the wind that is always accompanied by thunderstorms. You're more likely to get hit by a tree branch, you know, just blowing or even leaves or sticks. Mm -hmm. That's a consideration. So a simple solution, go to the track. Just go to the track. Don't try to run on the trail. Go to the track, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point, and you know we always like to add a little spark to our running, but not that kind of spark, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And yes, I do remember fondly one run that I was doing during marathon I know. training last year, and huh? it was definitely not a great idea. However, I did track my weather app, and when it did say that lightning was like really close to me, I I seek shelter. Yes. So I waited a good 10, 15 minutes while kind of the eye of that little yes. storm or front kind of passed through. But yeah, that was, that was definitely a little scary as I was out there for that long run. And that's, you know, that I, I think those are the ones that you really have to be mindful of mm -hmm. is weather can change quickly, especially, you know, in the summertime when you have those like, you know, warm fronts that just like come through and, you know, it's really humid outside and you get these random, you know, thunder and lightning strikes here and there, um, these little cells that pop up. If you're out there for a long run, right, like the weather yeah. could be like totally different from when you started your run. So that's a that's a good one. And I will um, I will defer on the video you're going to see me post from this morning's run. I, I will mention that. Um, I'm glad you didn't see it before today's chat. Oh. It, wasn't, well. <laughs> it wasn't the smartest that I could have been. And I, when I was halfway out there, I kind of regretted it because, and, and this is to be like, quite honest, is you really need to consider the surface. And, you know, if it is a little slippery, then you are increasing your risk of having a fall. And like Coach Kat said, it only takes one fall for you to fracture a wrist, fracture a hip, especially if you're a little older, especially you're more at risk if you're a female, if you have family history of osteopenia, osteoporosis, things like that. You guys need to really be careful because it only takes one little slip. And then like you said, you get one of those major traumatic injuries. You ain't running for at minimum eight to 12 weeks because yeah. that, that bone's going to have to heal. So definitely prevention is the best medicine and you can't stay healthy as a runner if you're not being safe. So great, great tips for running in the weather. So let's talk a little bit of terrain and I know you do some trail running. So yep. how do you stay safe while running in the trails or doing trail running? Well, this one 
is this one is a little more tricky because it does depend on what you view as trail running. And I know Kim (laughs) from a previous podcast went into all the beginner basics of trail, but how do you say safe is you know what you're getting into. If you are a very new trail runner, look at the trail beforehand and make sure it's not so technical that you might have issues with the train. But I'm sorry, Kat. Than- Can you just say you- first beginner trail runners or don't do it? Oh, when you say technical, what does that mean? That means gravel. You can gravel, if you're in Connecticut, the gravel alongside the Farmington Canal Trail. That could be considered a trail material. That is millings. That is a trail material on some trails. But then you get something like a pure hiking trail, which has rocks and sticks and stones and, you know, river crossings and elevation. That is more technical than something as a, like, flat, coarse milling situation. And just be aware because you may want to consider if you're not an experienced trail runner, staying away until you get more experience because you can (laughs) twist an ankle, roll an ankle very quickly. And if you are trail running, if you are by yourself, you are going to have to hike or get out of there. It is not like being on a busy street. And that brings me up to the other stuff what you should carry, but you are on a trail. Usually it's less populous, which is one of the reasons I love it. But the negative is there's very few people around. So if something happens to you, you're going to have to kind of take care of yourself. And that is where it is vital. You let somebody know where you're going. If you are doing a trail run, you have to let them know where it is, approximately how long it is, If you get lost on the trail, at least they will know where the approximate location you are. But one thing I invested in, and I know it is an expense, is my Garmin watch. And this also will cover in like women's safety, but my Garmin watch, it's a forerunner. It has an out and back function. So what happens is you put the run on and if you hit the out and back if you're lost, it will kind of show you where to go to get back, which is a, on a road, generally speaking, you don't need to. But if you are doing trail running, that is a situation. I also, on this one, it has an emergency assist. I push a button, it alerts um, somebody, my emergency contact, their phone that I'm in trouble. They can text me. If I don't respond, it automatically gives off my coordinates of where I am. So if I am injured and I cannot talk, but I can push the button, my coordinates will be available. And the Forerunner has a different system, a backup system than just GPS. So it will pick up. It's overkill probably for the road, but I invested in that because of, of the trail situation. That's um that's an amazing feature, by the way. And just from someone who has had this feature on my watch and have yet to use it, we actually talked about this at our holiday party, mm-hmm. if you remember. How does one actually do that whole out and back? Like, does it automatically happen before, 
like when we go for a run or do we have to like set something before we go out for a run? At least on mine, if I hit run and it'll start recording, if you push the button a lot of times, it'll show you your path. People don't know that. Just push the run, the the center button. It has all different screens. It'll show you the path. And I don't know off the top of my head, I have to play with it, but there is a back and it says back and you push the button and it'll kind of direct you back. Nice. And I know I really need to try that feature because I have not used it yet. (laughs) It's good if you're in a foreign place. I know. And I'm always getting lost. Like I've been discovering uh, DC. I I was discovering Boston and I literally pop out my phone and pull up Google Maps to like figure out how to get back. And I'm like an idiot because I should just use my Garmin watch. (laughs) But but, yeah, I've seen your runs and I kind of chuckle, but... Uh, the, that's awesome the, i do i'm like okay. yeah they're probably like z's they're like all over the place yeah no i am not a person who goes out and like plans like the perfect loop run i never have i never do that and and that's that's fine you just have to take the precautions right but the other thing i want to mention and and i'm trying to keep this brief because we all know i can talk for hours But the other thing I want to mention is when I'm trail running, I do tend to carry a lot more stuff than when I am road running. And that is because there's more, there's less populace. So what do I mean by that? If I'm road running, my cutoff is usually about an hour where I don't need fuel. If I'm road running, you know, back and forth. But when I'm on a trail, I pack food and extra water just in case I get lost. Because like Kim from the... uh, inspired Souls, inspired Souls, yeah, Souls yeah. podcast said, you sometimes are out there a lot longer than you intend to be. And that could be because you got lost. So make sure you carry, you know, extra fuel and water if you're doing that. The I carry a tiny, tiny first aid kit when I run out there. And people laugh. I carry KT tape strips, or I used to carry duct tape, but because duct tape is great for putting over blisters in a pinch and it's waterproof. So if you get a blister, you put the duct tape on, put your sock on, you can go over water. It's fine. It's an old runner's trail. It's a little old school. I now I feel like that's like an old Italian thing. It's not. <laughs> Ask any trail runner. They have rolls of duct tape. But why I like KT tape. And if you've never seen it, it's Kines. Help me here. Kinesio tape or kinesiology tape. Yep. It- I cut strips and it is great for fixing anything. I had sunglasses fall, like break, you could wrap it. But it's also good for if you're chafing, you know, you could put it on. It is a very lightweight tape because I want to be light. And I also carry a small, small, small sample of Aquaphor, which is great for if you have a blister or you're chafing really bad and it's really uncomfortable, which can really be really, really, really uncomfortable. As we know, I put the aquaphor on, but carry a couple of extra things, fuel, water, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be a granola bar. It can be a package of gummy bears. I, I, whatever you want to carry, even I, 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 where's Brooke? She's going to yell at me, but I mean, (laughs) something quick if you need to, but carry that first aid kit, just in case you do need a bandaid or you know, you do need something. I go a little overboard in my pack. You don't, my pack, 
I, I have multi-use tools. I have gloves. I have every like rubber, glo- anything you could think of. But that's a little overkill. You have like antacids, you know, you have, you have everything. You're like the person, like someone wants to run with, like you want to go for a run, you're going for a long run. You want like coach cat with you. Cause she's got everything that I'll could possibly happen for you. I'll pull out snacks here. Anybody want potato chips? You want cake? Whatever. But well, I really will. But just the basics for, for beginners or not even beginners, for people who don't want to carry a lot. You know, if you are a trail runner, chances are you're using a hydration vest. So you want to carry extra fuel and water, a small first aid kit, duct tape if you're comfortable with it, or KT tape, you know, and maybe some Aquaphor tiny samples of it. You know, the first aid kit's going to come in very handy, probably in ways you didn't know. If you're road running, I carry it just because it's in my pack. So I just throw the pack on whether I'm road or trail, but you generally want carrying a small first aid kit or aquaphor or something for anti-chafing is probably a good idea because you may not get injured, but I've come across runners on the trail who need first aid kit. Mm. You know, I don't need it, but I've seen somebody who actually needs my first aid. They fell and they had a horrible cut on their arm and I have the rubber gloves for that reason, but I also have antibiotic ointment and I band-aids and I put it on for them. So it might not just be you, you know, it might be for somebody you encounter, you know, I've luckily never needed it, but I have had to help people. And that is one of the reasons I carry those rubber gloves just for hygienic purposes. Right. That's a bio in me. Yeah. So that was some really good tips on like what we should carry while running for safety. Definitely. I think for trails, but then also like your road runners on the long runs, right? When you're Mm -hmm. out there, you know, anything over an hour, right? Some of you are out there two hours. Some people are out there three hours. You know, (laughs) it, it could be, you know, you could encounter one of these scenarios and situations. And if you're having a vest anyway, because you're bringing your hydration, like you have some pockets on that thing, right? Might as well <laughs> use them. Might as well fill those pockets oh, up. They're filled. <laughs> oh, I don't have room. I had to invest in a different vest to get more pockets. <laughs> now let's take a quick pause from this episode in which I hope you are finding value from to talk about safety because it should be a top concern for every runner. Have you got the right running safety gear? Whether you're heading out the door for a quick, easy run or logging a long run that you need to start super early before the sun rises or you finish super late after the sun goes down, Knox Gear keeps you lit up from all angles so you are visible by cars. Their signature product, the Tracer 2, keeps you visible while you run by pairing powerful multicolor LED fiber optics with ultra-reflective 3M patterns and fluorescence. Knox Gear's new Tracer lamp lights your path and boosts your visibility that attaches directly to the buckle of your Tracer, eliminating the need to use a headlamp anymore because let's be honest, who loves that bouncing feeling on your head when you're running? Just use the code Healthy Runner during checkout when placing your order at knoxgear.com to receive 35% off your order. Go ahead and give Knoxgear a try. Trust me, we recommend it to all of our healthy runners in our coaching program, and you will never feel more confident that you are safe while running. Now, let's get back into this episode. 
and I do have to go back to trail for, I forgot one yeah. aspect, but when we're done, of course, animals, animal safety. If you are trail running, you do have a greater chance of running in an animal, not necessarily, but bears, I've never really had an issue. I know people have. So just be animal aware, be aware of the animals that might be in the area you are going to run. And I know that some people carry bear spray. I have never. But just be aware of the animals that you are potentially going to encounter in trails. And if you are concerned, there are there, there are specific ways to deal with each of those animals, which I do happen to know of, but I'm not going to get into it because that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Cougar versus bear versus raccoon versus skunk, possum, you name it. I know what to do. But um, so run with me. There's your solution. There's yes. Your runner safety. And but, going back to a previous episode, the possum is the <laughs> most uh, underrated animal out there, right? Mis- I, misunderstood the possum, animal. <laughs> the possum is my spirit animal. I mean, it is so misunderstood. And people are like, it's so ugly. No, it eats more ticks than any other animal out there. It is so, and it's kind of cute when you look at it from my point of view. But I love possums. But anyway, side note. <laughs> No, if it, nobody's ever heard me before, they're really thinking this is crazy. Guys, I but, told you, she is a wealth of information. <laughs> like, but, she knows every topic out there. Animals, safety, engineering, be, treadmills. Just, farm equipment. But just... <laughs> But cars, but just be aware of animals that might be in your area, which is very localized. So New England may be very different than Alaska or Midwest or California. So just keep an eye out for those type of animals and any when you're trail running for the most part. Yep. Yep. No, gr- great point. And I think Brooke, I believe runs with bear spray yes. in Alaska. Yes. And I know Whitney has had some encounters with, I believe coyotes, I want to say. And I'll, and she has to deal with snakes right? where we don't really have, I, I, we, we do have two poisonous snakes in Connecticut, but do you want me to name those two? I won't even I get into no it. clue. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hopefully you won't run into them, but there are the, they are there. <sighs> I told you. I worked at the Bronx Zoo for a while too. In the reptile house. Oh my goodness. That was, that was my great. favorite. I love my reptile house. I mean, Samantha, the bow constrictor, long story. How, at- how do I like literally learn something <laughs> new about you still after like knowing you for like three years and all the conversations that we've I had, went to, like I, went I continually to, learn new things about you. I did my undergraduate in New York it, at a college in New York and my internship for three years was at the Bronx Zoo. So I did my thesis at the Bronx Zoo and I learned a lot of animals at the Bronx Zoo, but that is a whole nother story. (laughs) All right. So we covered trails. Um, We covered kind of what, you know, to carry with us for safety. Yeah. So let's talk about this kind of how to be, how do we be safe while running in the dark? All right. Here's another pet peeve of mine. And everybody in the Healthy Runner group has had the same complaint. You're driving at night and all of a sudden you slam on your brakes because you see a runner and they're in all black and they're not running against traffic. Run against traffic and don't wear all black. If you do wear all black, use Knox gear. 
or a reflective thing. Knox gear is great. And there was a whole podcast, I believe on Knox gear about why their, their system works so well for distracted drivers and, and it flashes at a, there's a scientific reason, but why Knox gear is so great. But a lot of times people start their run at maybe four o'clock and they don't realize that it's going to get dark, but not sunset isn't until six or six 30, but people in cars can't see at dusk. And that's where the most deer get hit for a reason, because you can't really see. So if you're going out and you know, you're going to be out for a while, put the Knox gear on. I wear a headlight and gloves that light up, but the headlamp is so I can see where I'm going and the Knox gear is so other people can see me. And even if it is not dark yet, but you might be out there when it's getting to dusk, it's not going to hurt to put the Knox gear on. It's just an added layer of protection, you know, and maybe you do have a longer run than you anticipated. And then it is dark and you can't see and people can't see you. So if you're running anywhere around sunset an hour before, just put the Knox gear on. It doesn't take any, it's lightweight. You know, you could feel like a superhero I do when I put it on the back and I have the gloves on that light up in the head. I mean, I've actually had, (laughs) I've run on the trail. (laughs) I I have specifically put all my headgear on and I've run on the canal trail when it is a little darker than it probably should be. And I've had people come at me and say, you're blinding me. That's how bright everything (laughs) is. So you want cars to be able to see you at night. So if you're going to wear black, put some reflective stuff on and run against traffic so many times. Uh, And they don't, they're just, even today, you know, careful in crosswalks, make sure if you're at a crosswalk, don't assume the cars are going to stop for you. They do not. You have to make sure you have to take responsibility for yourself sometimes. And a crosswalk is one of those. Yes, you're supposed to stop. We do as runners, we will stop for runners. Other people will go right through. And if they don't care, maybe they're not looking up at the time. So be very, very careful in crosswalks, driveways, cars pull out. They don't see you if you're running in on a sidewalk in a suburban area. There's a lot of road safety that you just go out and run and don't even think about, but you need to be aware. You need to be there's been a lot of pedestrian accidents recently in Connecticut. And, you know, for whatever reason, cars don't see them now, whether that's, but you need to take as much responsibility for yourself as you can and make sure everyone can see you, but be aware of cars, you know, just be aware that that's really all I can tell you. Don't look down the whole time, look around, see cars coming at you Really, that's just my best suggestion for that type of night running or street running. Wow. This is so important, guys. And for those of you who are newer to running, this part, I think, like, this is need-to-know information. You really can't mess around. If you're newer to running, I think the crosswalk, you know, point is amazing because 
this will happen to you at some point if you don't do it. And this is was me in the beginning. I thought everyone stopped and I just run through. And then you soon learn that people you thought saw you didn't see you and or they think they have the right of way because they're in a car and you're not and they don't stop. So like literally has happened to me this morning, right? So if you guys envision you're running down the street and let's say a car is coming from the left and they're going to make a right onto the street that you're running on, most people now don't stop. They roll through. Their head is looking left because they're yes. seeing if a car's coming. So they're never looking to the right which is where you are because you're running against traffic and they rarely ever see you. And they always make that right. Basically when you're approaching, right? Like that street at a 90 degree angle. So now even when cars stop for me, like I appreciate that, but I always run behind them. So I never ever run in front of a car because honestly, it just takes one person to you think they saw you and they're stopping for you. Meanwhile, they were just like giving a little like baby stop and they're looking left and they're going to go. Right. So I think that's a huge, huge thing because it happens all the time where cars just go through basically, mm -hmm. you know, the intersection. So I, I never trust them, never trust them. Even if they wave at me or whatever, I say, thank you. I run behind them. I go out of my way. I make a right angle turn. That's fine. It adds a little variability to my run. So I'm not running completely straight clean. So I pretend I'm like <laughs> you on the trails. I'm just dodging a car, but I'm running behind the car. So that's uh, point number one. Point number two is in case they didn't understand what you said about dawn and dusk, it is a fact it's actually, even though we perceive it as being lighter outside because we're running and we're like, oh, the sun's starting to come up. It's like dawn. It's more lit outside. I don't need as much lights on me. For cars, the visibility is actually less. It's like a difference between the whole, like when it's pitch dark and there's street lights overhead, like you can see better than when it's dawn or dusk. So that's a good point because sometimes we like perceive it as being a person outside and we're like, it's lighter outside. I don't need as much reflective gear. And then third point, you know, Knox gear, in case you guys haven't noticed, they've been a partner of the podcast way from the beginning. We did an episode with them, brought on the creator, the engineer. It does deal with light science and how our eyes perceive light. And it's basically, for those who haven't seen it before, it is a little vest and it does have reflective like any of the other reflective vests. So at minimum, get a reflective vest that like when headlights get on it, it will actually see you. But the problem with that is that I learned is it's not changing the light source for like the headlight and it has to wait for the headlight to be on you. Whereas if you're running with Knox gear, your lights are flashing and it's changing colors. So then someone driving is going to be able to see you, you know, even though their headlights aren't on you. So if you're running through the crosswalk, they're going to see you before their headlights actually light you up. So it's an amazing product. We've been using it for over three years now and they just released, you know, a couple months ago, 
their tracer lamp that actually connects right to the vest, which I absolutely love. I like it better than any of the headlamps that I, you know, used to use just because it's not like bobbing on my head. And it the the beam of light, and I actually run on the same uh, trail now, Kat, before my uh, gym days. And yeah, that thing lights up the trail. It's like whew, this whole beam. It's like pretty cool because you know it's like a dark path and there's like trees on your side and this thing's like lighting the way yep so yeah both of those products are amazing i'm actually gonna have they'll be linked to this episode definitely because it makes the most sense because <laughs> that is our partner for safety yes. and so you guys you know can get 35 percent off using your healthy runner discount by just going to their website um amazing products like even if you know, whatever they didn't support the podcast. I just think they're amazing products. And like any of you who are running in dawn, dusk, dark conditions, like need to be running with it. Um, I feel very strongly and passionate about that for safety wise. So thank you for all those tips and yeah, let's get into, Mm -hmm. you know, this tip. And usually I would say we start to think about this when we hear one of these horrific stories of, you know, a female being abducted or right. Like runners going out for a run and, um, you know, you have someone that just does harmful things. Right. And, you know, really safety for women. And, you know, we have a lot of female runners that listen to this podcast. And like I said, my wife runs, my daughter runs, you know, this is something that, you know, many of us think about, and I'm sure you've thought about this a lot, but how can <laughs> our females, you know, be safe while running? Like, what are some tips that can really, you know, help females feel more confident and be able to get out there and and feel a little safer? Okay. One, I do want to preface this by saying that my, I have a background that's a little different than a lot of other women. I was an amateur boxer. I have a third degree brown belt and I took Krav Maga for a number of years. So I have a little bit more of a self-defense background. But having said that, I do not mess around with this stuff because it doesn't matter. And it is a serious issue that I want males to be listening to this part too, because believe it or not, they can help. And before I get into any of this, I just want to tell males, if you are running and you see a female approaching you, you know, running and you're, you are a runner, wave to them, you know, because it it just kind of takes the edge off, but be aware that as a male runner, when we see just a single male coming at us, if they move over to the side, don't take offense. Really, I just want to stress that. And, you know, it's something that a lot of male runners may not have to deal with, and that's wonderful. But women do have to deal with this. Every time I go out on a run, I am aware, and I run through scenarios day in and day out, If someone comes left, someone comes right, you know, (laughs) hook off the jab. That's my name on Instagram for a reason. So I'm always running through these scenarios. But most women don't think like this until A, it's too late, or B, they hear something on the news and then they get all nervous and they don't know what to do. So 
First, I'm going to tell you, check your run settings on your Strava accounts or Garmin Connect or any map my run. Set it to private because if somebody is stalking you or because there are women who have this problem or somebody just all of a sudden is stalking Strava, they will know your routes. And we're type A personalities for the most part. We run the same route over and over and over. They will know the time you ran, how long it takes you. They will know more details about you just by your running than you want anybody to know. So set it to private and only accept friend requests. I don't know how it works on Strava. I don't have a Strava account. I have Garmin Connect, but just accept people who you are comfortable with knowing your runs. Go in there, make sure they are still private because sometimes updates, people don't realize. If there is an update, sometimes it will set it to the factory settings so that your safety privacy are not on anymore. So after every update, make sure you're checking your privacy settings. There's no reason, even if you're part of a big group, which I know people do the competition, still always be aware that who is looking at your runs because that can track, they can track very easily that way. And that's also, we tend to run the same routes all the time. You know, we know what an eight mile loop, a five mile loop, a three mile loop is. Mix it up. I run the canal trail in Connecticut, which is fairly safe a lot, but I don't run the same time all the time. And I don't always run the same days. I'm on there quite a lot, but I try not to follow pattern. I start at different locations. I don't always start at Todd Street. I'll start at Sherman Avenue. And I know if you're local, you know what I'm talking about. Or Lock 12 or Cornwall Avenue. I don't just start at one run, one location, run and back. No, I'm always mixing it up. You know, it would be hard. It's actually hard to find me anyway. But, you know, you mix it up. That's my suggestion for you. I know we have our routines and our roots, but don't do it at the same time if you can, you know, just always be aware of that. That is also about the treadmill. You know, if you feel unsafe or you're uncomfortable, you can use the treadmill. If you don't have access to a treadmill, you know, maybe see if someone will run with you. You know, there's safety in numbers, so that may make you feel better. But again, let somebody know when you're going out for a run, If you have the Garmin, which you can't see because I have that, but the Garmin, you have your emergency assist. So a lot of times I hear women carry pepper spray, which is all well and good. I carry it for animals, actually. But if the pepper spray is in your vest or in your belt, you are not going to have time to grab it if someone grabs you. You do not have time. You have to react instantaneously. And if that is not in your hand and they have runner pepper spray and I wish I brought it in. I have like four in the car. If someone needs to borrow one, it's you put it around your palm and you carry it. If it is in your hand, you will then use it if you need to. But if it's in your vest or somewhere, you have to have it immediately. You cannot be risking, you know, you won't have time to pull it out. I, I, you, you just won't, you're going to have to use it instantaneously. And even just the threat of it, you know, it, it will help you. 
Yeah, and I that's also, a sorry to interject, but I think that's a great practical point because I feel like there are many runners that probably mm-hmm. have it in their belt behind them or in a vest. And it practically speaking, I think you bring up a great point that it probably just provides a false sense of security. And if they were actually in a situation where they needed to use it, it's not really functional for how they are placing it. So thank you for bringing that up. And a lot of these are going to be very practical tips. I have very long hair. You'll never know it because it's always in a bun. I put my hair under a hat. And that's so nobody can grab my hair from behind. Now, again, I am the person that has thought of almost, not every, but almost every scenario so you don't have to. This is really what I do in my spare time when I'm running, guys. I think about what could happen and how to prevent it. So I wear my hair up under a a hat. Nobody, you can't grab your hair because if someone's behind you and you don't hear them, they're going to try to grab your hair. If you don't wear hats, just try to put it up in a bun so it makes it less grabbable. Another thing, okay, this is going overboard, but if if ever it reminds you, if you ever need it, you'll have it. You wear a hydration vest. They always buckle in the front. Somebody grabs you from behind, unbuckle it. All they're going to get is that hydration vest and run. You know, think about things like this. If someone grabs you from behind, if you can unbuckle that, I don't know if you will, because it depends if they grab you in a bear hug, it's different than if they just grab your pack. But if, if you can get that unbuckled, they'll be left with just that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my other point, do not engage. Do not engage an attacker or anybody who you feel threatened by. We're runners. I would hope, I think, for the most part, we can outrun people. This is when you ignore everything your coach tells you and you do RPE 10. You fly. You get, and you don't have to outrun them too far. You have to just get to civilization. You just have to get to a road to signal a car. You just have to get to a house or a business. Don't engage somebody. My first, see how I get all hyper there. My headphone fell up. My first reaction, it, it might be a little different, but I would still highly, highly encourage you if you can run, do not engage, do not, because you don't know if they have a weapon. You don't know anything about them. You don't know what skill set they have and run, just, just, just run. I mean, sprint. Even if you're not a sprinter, now's the time to develop your inner Usain Bolt. Just run. (laughs) Just, I can't stress that enough because 99% of the time that should do it. If they pursue you and you have to go to plan B, we go to plan B, which brings me up. I hear a lot of women also say, I took a self-defense course. Great. You took one self-defense course all day. That's wonderful. You may have learned some great techniques. Eight months down the road, one year down the road, are you going to remember any of those? If you don't practice this every day and you don't think about it, it can give you a very false sense of security. Because as a boxer, I can tell you, you have a plan, and I think Mike Tyson said this, but you, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, and that is accurate. I know how to absorb a punch. I know how to punch. But when somebody punches you, you're for a second there, you're like, 
it, it has to be instantaneous reaction. You have to be able to come back from that. And if someone grabs you and pushes you to the ground, somebody is in a bear hug, are you going to be able to remember what you learned in a one-day self-defense course? You might. And if you do, great. But it should be something that's second nature. That is why I tell people to not engage and to run. You know, run away. Because I don't want people to get a false sense of security. And that can happen. And, you know, you don't want to be in that situation where you're trying to remember what to do. And if you are in that situation, scream, kick, do whatever you have to do, play dirty. It doesn't matter. You do whatever you have to do to get out of your situation. And I don't want to be a downer here because this may not happen to 99.9% of the women out there, but I hear it. And it's a small, small, small percentage, but I hear so many women afraid. So I want to express to the women, you know, I, I feel better having all these things. I'm not scared. I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm trying to empower you to know what to do so that when it happens, you're ready to go. And if anything you can remember, I tell you, run, just, just stick that in your head. No complication, no tricky techniques, no pepper spray, no, those cat ring things that have sharp points that you could stab. No, no, no. Just, run. That is the one thing I will tell you is run. And to bring it all back, don't put yourself in a situation to begin with. And a lot of us say, well, we don't. Well, how many times have I seen posted people going on vacation and women exploring runs and running in different areas, which I know we want to explore new areas, but you have to be careful because you don't know the area. You could go from a very safe area to a very bad area, one block. And you know, you are not familiar with the area. The canal trail, I know that inside and out. I know where someone can hide. And I mean, I there, there's no way. The canal trail, I'm pretty comfortable on. But if you're in a new area, that's where I suggest maybe, I hate to say it, unless you're running with somebody or you ask the running community for safe running routes, or you hook up with a running community. A lot of towns, you could look on Facebook, they have running communities. You go there, you look up those running routes, you say, hey, I'm visiting, don't give the specific date, but just say, hey, I'm visiting. Is there a safe area to run in? You know, do you guys have a running group where you maybe meet every Saturday that I could join you? You know, that might be a better option for women who run solo than just going out and exploring the new area. If that's not an option and you're in a hotel, treadmill, hate to say it, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Ask the hotel staff, is there a safe running area? You know, or you just have to take these precautions ahead of time. And I know women, we love to run and explore new areas, but if you think about it, maybe logically, Find people who already run there. And in the Healthy Runner community, you can put out, hey, I'm going to be visiting Manassas, Virginia area, which was where I went a while ago. Is there any safe running routes? And for the most part, the running community, especially the Healthy Runner community, will say, hey, this is a good place. Or, hey, maybe you should run here. You don't have to give specific dates. And then if you see somebody who you know who happens to stay there, Hook up with them to run. 
But these are all things, concrete, solid ways to not be afraid as a woman runner to run. And let somebody know where you're going, but just be aware. Headphones, I do wear headphones, but I also don't keep them very loud. I know people wear those at, is it the aftershocks? Yes. Yeah. Now they're called shocks. Shocks. Okay. <clears throat> I I don't run with those. They're just they just don't work for me. But if you are in a new area, how many times do we go on vacation? We take our music, we use our music on a run in a strange area. No, no, no. You know, be aware of your surroundings. Everybody just be aware of your surroundings. And that covers basically 99% of safety. You know, it's all, a lot of it is preventable. Don't put yourself in a position where you are going to have to react. It might happen no matter what precautions you take, but eliminate as many as you can. And again, for women, I don't want to be a downer. 99.9% of the time, it won't happen to you. But why take that chance? You know, just, just take these precautions and remember, run. You can hopefully outrun somebody. I always joke that, yeah, I can outlast them. They'll get tired after about like 10 miles. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So those are just, and I'm very, very passionate about this. Very, because I am a woman runner, but I see it in my athletes, my athletes and runners who come to me and say, hey, I had this experience. You know, I see it on social media. And I just really want to emphasize, don't get an over sense of security. Don't be overly paranoid but take sensible, logical, concrete ways to, to help yourself. Yeah. And that's what I get out of this is that a lot of this is sensible and easy to implement. So thank you for sharing that. And I know that is something that is a pet peeve of yours and it is something that you are passionate about. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing. And you've been very thoughtful about, and, you know, I think you're, um, background is somewhat unique because even though you have, you know, the experience you do have from like a self-defense standpoint Mm -hmm. and a boxing standpoint, all that, like your, your overall message is like, you're still going to run, right? You're not going to engage. I will, (laughs) I will not engage. Even if, even if I probably could, I am not going to engage unless it is the last resort because Again, I've been hit in the face. You, you, you like it, it. You can recover, but it, it'll throw you for a loop. So, I will run. I will not fight if I don't, and I don't care if I have to. Yes, just like you will too if you have to, but you don't want to do that. Just, right. just get out of there. Get out of that situation. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. And as we're coming down the final stretch here, if you could change one thing about the misconception about Mm. runner safety, what would that be? That you have to, that it's everybody else's responsibility. If every one of us as runners take responsibility for our own safety, we wouldn't have a lot of these issues. And we always don't assume it's somebody else's fault if there's a car or, you know, you trip or something on a train. 
the misconception of runner safety is that it is other people. No, we are in charge. We are in control. We can take the precautions ourselves. And it doesn't have to be scary. That's the one thing I want to say. Practical, logical, non-emotional for the most part, you know, don't let it be scary. You know, just do it and and enjoy running. You know, 99% of the time, I don't think any of us will have a problem. But next thunderstorm, if I see any of my runners, my own (laughs) personal runners who are running in the middle of the thunderstorm and it's not on the track, you might hear from me. (laughs) Just saying. Coach Cat is watching. I am. (laughs) No, this has been super helpful. And I love how you said that we could be proactive um, because you know how passionate I'm I'm about being proactive in injury prevention. So just kind of recapping this, guys, Coach Cat shared a lot of helpful tips, really kind of sharing five really running safety tips or buckets. We talked general runner safety, weather safety, terrain safety, daytime, nighttime safety, and then female runner specific safety. If you want to hear more from Coach Kat from some of her previous trainings that have been super helpful, she alluded to the treadmill specific episode. You can simply click the link in the show notes to get all of Coach Kat's uh, wisdom in her previous trainings that she shared. And also you can learn more about working with her personally in our one-on-one signature coaching program to help you get the structure you need to meet your running goal. And you can also head to sparkhealthyrunner.com to find out about that. And, you know, just like one of Coach Kat's athletes said that she actually, and if you go on our Google page and check out our reviews, you'll hear many of the runners mentioning Coach Cat's name specifically. Kristen is one of them. She said, I love the one-on-one coaching from the Healthy Runner coaching team. I work with Coach Cat, who is so responsive to my beginner questions and tailored a plan specific to my needs. It was great being able to tap into Dwayne's knowledge as a physical therapist as well. The strength training part of her training plan was key and made it was made very um, accessible. She went from a clueless beginner, frustrated runner um, with aches and pains to feeling empowered and having the confidence to push herself. Um, She says, worth the investment in herself. So if you guys want to get some of the goodness that Kristen got, you can simply head to our website and you can schedule a call with me and we'll see if you're a good fit to work with Coach Cat or um, whomever would be the best fit for you on our team. And Coach Cat, thank you so much. You're welcome. Always a, a, <laughs> a insightful episode. Uh, so much knowledge in that brain of yours. Uh, thanks for sharing it and educating our community about runner safety today. I, I'm glad I was able to. I hope somebody takes something from this. I'm sure they're going to take more than one thing, honestly. And thank you guys, the listeners, um, whether you're catching this during a run on the podcast or watching the video version on the Spark Healthy Runner uh, YouTube channel. I appreciate all of you. And if you're liking this training, then you will surely like the next. If you're listening on the podcast, queue up episode 159 to learn all about how to grow as a runner in six easy steps or just click the video I have here within YouTube. Let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. 
Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner on Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple podcast or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.